You are beloved and you are welcome here. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you're at on life's journey, whether you're feeling brave or brokenhearted, defiant or defeated, fearsome or fearful, you are beloved and you are welcome here. Whether tears have fallen from your eyes this past week or gleeful laughter spilled from your mouth, you are beloved and you are welcome here. Whether you have untold stories buried deep inside, stories that have been forced beyond the edges of comfort, you are beloved and you are welcome here. Whether you have made promises, broken promises, or you're renewing your promises day by day, you are beloved and you are welcome here. Whatever is on your tender, precious heart, however it is with your soul in this moment, you are beloved and you are welcome here. In this space of welcome and acceptance, commitment and recommitment, of sacred covenant and connection, in all our glorious variety, let us join in worship together this hour. Well, these opening words, based on some by Joan Javier Duval, they welcome all those who have gathered this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to those of you who are here in person at Essex Church. Welcome to those who are joining us via Zoom from far and wide. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jane Blackhall and I'm Minister with Kensington Unitarians. This morning's service theme was chosen to coincide with Pride Weekend here in London. The big parade took place yesterday and we're also slightly belatedly marking LGBT plus history month. Later on in the service, we'll hear from Lizzie Kingston Harrison and Rory Castle Jones from Essex Hall, our Unitarian headquarters, about LGBT plus Unitarian voices, a new exhibition and online resource recording stories of LGBT plus pioneers in our Unitarian movement. We are rightly proud that Unitarians have often been ahead of the curve in standing up for LGBT rights and offering a genuine welcome to people who quite understandably might not expect to find a wholehearted embrace in a church community. Our forebears, some of them at least, were radical in reaching out in a time when social attitudes were very hostile and it was really controversial to be that inclusive. We openly accepted LGBT people into leadership roles at a really early stage. So how do we honour that radical tradition now? Because it's too easy to look back with rose-tinted glasses to pat ourselves on the back about how we were on the right side of history, now that wider society has, by and large, come round to the same view. But what is required of us now? How are we, as Unitarians, going to stand up and be counted in the ongoing struggles of the present day? In this hour, through readings and reflections, I'll invite you to reflect on some of those questions. Before we go any further, let's do what we always do. Let's take a moment to pause and catch up with ourselves. One way or another, you've made it here this morning. Well done. You've gathered together with others in spiritual community. So do whatever you need to do to feel a little grounded in the here and now. Maybe stretch a little and shake out any tension you came in carrying. Maybe take a conscious breath or two as you settle in. And you might inwardly set an intention for this hour to be receptive, to be open, to connect more deeply with what really matters, perhaps.
I'm going to light our chalice flame as we do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. We light this flame to ignite our hearts and minds, the spark of insight that enlightens, the shimmering hope that burns, the blazing love that empowers our actions, and the fire of our commitment to true liberation for all. And we light this flame this Pride weekend for those who celebrate themselves, who fear, who hope, who persevere in the face of life setbacks and uncertainties and resist conformity and oppression in all its forms. We light this flame to affirm our divine calling, to honour the light in every soul, to celebrate the full kaleidoscope of diversity in keeping with our proud tradition, standing, working and living on the side of love. Time to sing. Our first hymn this morning is number 62 in your purple books if you're in the room. The words will be up on screen shortly. Here we have gathered. Um, feel free to stand or sit as you prefer and sing up if you can. Here we have gathered.
let's take all our joys and concerns spoken and unspoken into an extended time of prayer now this prayer is based on some words by laura horton ludwig you might want to adjust your position to get more comfortable you might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze perhaps there's a posture that helps you to feel more prayerful whatever works for you whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves each other and that which lies within us and beyond us spirit of life god of all love in whom we live and move and have our being as we turn our attention to the depths of this life the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is we tune into your holy presence, the light within and without. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to sink into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. As people of faith, we seek to live in a spirit of love, a spirit of community, justice and peace. And yet in so many corners of the world, both far and near, we see exploitation and coercion, divisiveness and hate. We struggle to respond to the outer world and our own inner dramas in ways that manifest love. At times we may fear that love will not be strong enough. At times we may question whether love is really at the root of all things in this world with so much struggle and suffering and discord. This is the mystery within which we live and die. These are the questions which haunt our days and nights. And yet, despite it all, we are not without hope. Our struggles and our questions testify to our longing for peace, for love. In the stillness and silence of our own heart, we read love's imprint, the light within. May it keep hope alive through the toughest times. May it guide us all through our days as we seek to act wisely and well. May it help us to be vessels of compassion for one another and for our world. In our company this morning and every time we gather, there will be those whose hearts are freshly broken by the world's sufferings, by loss and grief, by loneliness and disappointment, by all the injustices that we witness with growing anguish and frustration. So let us spend a few moments directing our prayers of loving kindness for all those who suffer this day. In our company this morning and every time we gather, there will be those whose hearts are full and overflowing 
buoyed by the beauty of nature and culture, comforted and uplifted by family and friends. So let us spend a few moments directing our prayers of gratitude for all that is good in our lives. in our company this morning and every time we gather. There will be those who are simply keeping on, keeping on as best they can. Their hearts a blessed, messy blend of all life's mixed emotions. So let us each spend a moment or two asking for what we most need this day to face life's many ups and downs. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing again. Uh, the next hymn is on your hymn sheet if you're in the church and the words will be up on screen. It's called God Cherishes You. New words to an old hymn tune, a hymn especially written for pride. Um, I think the tune is going to be well known to some and not at all known to others. Um, I think it's better known in the US than over here. So I'm going to ask to hear it through once in full before we sing but the words are so gorgeous i thought let's give it a go um yeah god cherishes you <laughs>
I think we'll have to keep singing that one because it, I got better as I got along. I don't know about the rest of you. So this first reading today is one I chose to fit with our theme, looking back and looking forward in relation to LGBT plus equality and inclusion. This reading was first published 20 years ago. I think it subtly shines a light on how things have changed and how in some ways they've not over these last 20 years. The basic sentiment of the reading is right on message. But these days, I imagine we'd want to broaden the language to recognize that there's a lot more to sexual and gender diversity than gay and straight. I imagine an equivalent reading written now would for sure make a stand in support of transgender rights because trans people are being most viciously persecuted right now. And later on in the service, we'll hear a contemporary reading from a non-binary UU leader, Zeb Green, which touches on that. But back in 2003, remember, marriage equality was still over a decade away in both the UK and the US, and it would have seemed like a distant dream. Welcoming churches were still very, very much outliers. And I would like to note in passing that it was the Unitarians LGBT affirming stance that brought me here when I was first looking for a church to come to in the late 90s. But in those days, we were just taking baby steps. We've come a long way since then, there's no doubt, but there does seem to be a turning tide, politically and socially speaking, and it's one we need to acknowledge and face. Many of the gains of recent decades, protections for LGBT people, they're being rolled back or threatened around the world. And we've heard a lot about that in the States just these last few days. So with that context in mind, how it was back then and how it is now, I'm going to share this piece by a senior UU minister as a reminder of where we're coming from as Unitarians. It's called Any Other Questions, and it's by Victoria Safford. She writes, people ask me sometimes, is this a gay church? It's a privilege to answer. Ours is absolutely, gladly, hopefully and humbly a gay church, a gay tradition where everyone, including heterosexuals, is welcome, where everyone is needed, where everyone's experience is cherished as a sacred text because no one's experience of living or loving can be comprehensive because each of us holds clues the others need to know about how to live with dignity and joy as a human person. And none of us knows enough about that yet to be considered whole. It is absolutely a gay church, as ours is a gay world, if you would look around. Gay church, straight church, people's church, a human congregation made holy by the holy hopes and fears and dreams of all who wish to come. Come in, we say. Come out, come in. We're all in this together. I will not speak of tolerance with its courteous clenched teeth and bitter resignation. I will not speak about acceptance of other people and some other kind of lifestyle. I can only look in laughing wonder at human life in all its incarnations. I can taste only in passing the breath of the spirit of life on my mouth and understand our common longing to breathe in deep, deep gulps of it. I cannot think of being anybody's ally even, because even that implies some degree of separation, some degree of safety for some of us and not all. We are allied with no one and nothing but love, the larger love transcending all our understanding, 
within which all the different, differing, gorgeously various, variant, beautifully deviant aspects of ourselves are bound in elegant unity. I know that on some sad and disappointing days, these words describe the church that yet shall be and not the church that is. I know, I know. But I know too that to answer is an act of creation. To answer this question and some others is a privilege, a prophetic imperative, a joy, a duty, and a holy sacrament. Any other questions by Victoria Safford? We're moving into a time of meditation now. I'm going to share a few words to take us into this time of meditation. A blessing for kin by UU Minister Sean Parker Dennison, which connects to our pride-related theme, but it's broader than that. It's a message that speaks to all of us. That will then take us into a few minutes of silence, which will end with the sound of a bell. And then we'll hear some music for meditation from Abby and Peter. Let's do what we need to do to get comfortable. Just adjust your position if you need to. Put your feet flat on the floor. Steady yourself. Maybe close your eyes. Lose all those little tensions that are there. As we always say, the words and music are just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. I wish you a single story. Not a simple fairy tale with only happiness but one life without secrets or omissions, without the need for fake faces, one pointed outward, the other inward and real. I wish for you the twin beauties of clarity and consistency, knowing the singular word that holds all of you together, all of you at once, all of you. I wish you no need to hide, no reason to live in shadows or half-truths. No need to cover the spark and sparkle of your heart to keep it from catching the light of sun or moon. I wish you wholeheartedness that arises from the liberty before needing to be freed. The completeness that precedes breaking the integrity of your being, a unity, undivided and boundless. I wish you a far-reaching welcome from within, full and absolute acceptance, nothing withheld from yourself, unrealized or unfinished. And I wish you a place and a people who do not want you in pieces, incomplete and partial, a world that no longer asks anyone to wrench apart their heart 
or divide soul from mind, from nature, from core. I bless you with all that is whole.
The Sacred Truth by Zeb Green. <clears throat> this piece by Unitarian Universalist Zeb Green opens with a quote from Eli Clare. What I really want is for all the many gendered possibilities in the world to be not normal, but rather profoundly ordinary and familiar. Zeb continues. It was my first Sunday in the pulpit of the congregation that I serve. I'm not typically a worship leader and felt particularly nervous this Sunday, not because of preaching, but because it was my first time taking a public role while wearing a skirt and presenting as more feminine. I was raised as a boy. People look at me and see a strong, healthy young man. However, I have an invisible disability and I'm gendered non-conforming and people get uncomfortable when what they see doesn't match their expectations. I was also raised with Southern conservative teaching that church is about conformity, fitting in and being respectable. Anything that could make people uncomfortable, ask questions or draw any scrutiny was not allowed in church. Thank the heavens that I haven't attended a church like that in decades. I still came to church with a voice ringing, don't rock the boat, be what they want you to be. That voice and conditioning are at odds with everything that faith traditions that I love tell me about myself and my relationship with the divine. The challenge I face is to share the authentic and sacred truth inside of me. That morning I began the service with, my name is Zeb Green, my pronouns are they, them. I've got my scra scraggly beard, brand new skirt and cute scarf, and I'm here to share a word or two about love. It's just who I am. At coffee hour, following the service, one of the youth came over to me and said with so much pride, I'm a they, them too, and my brother is a he, him. I would have loved as a kid to have a church that encouraged us to listen to our heartfelt yearning of self, to express ourselves with authenticity, a church that had adults who modeled these behaviors for us. That's why I work past the inner voice. That's why I risk uncomfortable situations, strange looks, questionable moment comments, and the microaggressions as people figure it all out. Trans and non-binary people are under attack in this country and in many countries the world over. The pressure for all of us, especially our youth, to hide our true selves is immense. And I'm so glad that we have faith traditions that embrace multiple paths through life. I'm grateful that I risk scrutiny to appear as my true self and deeply touched that in doing so, I was able to affirm and support the journey of others. Zeb concludes with a few words of prayer. Beloved spirit, thank you for seeing, knowing and loving us in all the full mystery and unfolding of our being. Through you, we remember that our souls yearning to know our true selves, true identity and true loves is stronger than any conditioned voice of doubt. May we be blessed with the grace to support all people exploring the ever unfolding journey of self-discovery and pride. Amen and blessed be. Good morning, everyone. I'm Lizzie Kingston Harrison, and I'm the Congregational Connections Lead for the GA. And I'm here with Rory Castle Jones, who's our Communications Officer. Jane invited us here today to introduce to you our exciting new project, which is the LGBT plus Unitarian Voices Project. So this project, uh, some of you might be familiar with. We've been developing it for the past. 
a couple of years now um, at Unitarian Headquarters. And the idea was to gather together, uh, to record, to archive, and crucially to share uh, LGBT plus people's experiences and stories um, and wisdom as well. Um, and so we wanted to share those with within our denomination, within the Unitarian and Free Christian denomination, also with the wider public and with people from other faith groups who are perhaps in a different place uh, in the journey of LGBT inclusion. Um, so Lizzie and myself have been working with an amazing advisory group of LGBT Unitarians, also with Harris Manchester College, um, where all of our projects will be archived, um, and with various different Unitarians um, in our denomination around the UK as well, to develop um, a really amazing um, online exhibition and a pop-up exhibition as well. Um, so I'm going to hand over now to our former Chief Officer, Derek McCauley, um, who in this recorded video is going to say a little bit about why the project was, has been so important to him. Thank you, Rory. I think it's um, the, the project's important um, because we need to place on record um, the actions and steps uh, and our involvement as a denomination within the whole arena of LGBT plus rights um, over several decades. Um, this is probably a timely uh, occasion to do that. Um, and it's good to look back. It's good to also remember the struggles that people went through um, and not to look back on the past with rose tinted glasses. Um, some people had a really difficult time. Um, but it was through their struggles, through their difficulties, that we all benefit today. And I think we should mark that and honour those individuals and groups within our movement. Rory and I really enjoyed putting together the LGBT plus Unitarian Voices Project. And the outcomes are varied and hopefully in many different ways allow you to access the stories that we collected. We had documents sent to us from congregations across the country, and we also spoke to a number of prominent LGBT plus Unitarians in oral history interviews. And so you can find those stories in different ways, and I'm going to share that now on the screen. So, for example, here on YouTube, there is a playlist that shows all of the interviews in there in full but it also shows uh, snippets. So if you go on to the Unitarians YouTube channel, you can find the playlist here. It's right here. There are full oral history interviews. Um, this one is with Anne Peart. And then there are snippets from the interviews as well. So you can see like shorter interviews there on different themes and so that's one way that you can access um, some of the work that we put together another way that you can access what we put together is through our new page on the website so i'm going to share that as well and so this is the website and you can access this through the main ga website and you can see here that we have photos of some of the people that we interviewed we have quotes from our interviews, 
we have a summary of what happened as we were putting things together. And then we have a timeline which takes you through the story of LGBT plus Unitarian history and contextualizes that as well in terms of other events that were happening in wider society. Each of these events you can click on and then they show you um, the archival material that we collected and also um, recordings, interviews and quotes as well. And finally, the other way that you can access the project and find out a little bit more about what we've been doing um, is by having a look at the exhibition banners that we put together. So these are a set of eight banners that take you across the timeline. Uh, they use original documents, they use quotes from our oral history interviews, um, and again they tell the story of our movement and LGBT plus rights within that movement, so um, the struggle for rights and of course the prominent role that Unitarians played um, in gay marriage as well. Uh, so that's some of the team there in front of the banners. So there are many ways to see the material that we collected and we really hope that uh, that you're able to explore the exhibition both online and um, on YouTube and in person as well. And I'm just going to hand back to Rory now to say a little bit more um, about that. Um, so I thought at this point we would just share with you one of the stories um, that features in our timeline. And this is one which is um, fairly close to home um, for you in Kensington because it happened um, in London. Um, so in the very early 1970s, um, in a couple of Unitarian churches in London, one of the first uh, grassroots church initiatives in the UK, which was for LGBT people, started. Um, it was called Intergroup, um, and it was led by Dudley Cave, um, who you can see in that photo there, um, and the Reverend Tony Cross uh, at Lewisham Unitarian Church, and also uh, at Golders Green Unitarian Church by the Reverend Keith Gilley, um, who was also conducting same-sex blessings as early as the 1970s. Um, and that group, intergroup, um, which began to spread then uh, around the UK and around the world, um, was one of the first attempts, really, to bring together um, gay and lesbian people um, at that time uh, and heterosexual people, to bring them together in the same room, to talk, to learn from each other, to start to develop um, an idea of tolerance and inclusion. Um, and so one of our interviewees, the Reverend Jeff Gould, um, said about that time and about intergroup that the intention was to get heterosexual people and homosexual people together in one room to talk and to have direct experience of each other. This was radical thinking and action back then. As a result of intergroup, um, which was very successful, um, the Unitarian denomination became slowly more inclusive, more accepting. Um, but it had a much wider impact on society as well. So from intergroup, other groups developed, um, including the Gay Switchboard, the LGBT phone helpline, um, the Lesbian and Gay Bereavement Project as well. Um, and these are, are huge parts of LGBT British history that all started in two Unitarian congregations in London, not so far from you in Kensington. And that's the story of intergroup. Um, and finally, thank you 
for listening to us tell our story of the way in which we put this project together. We were just so excited and proud to be part of telling that story. Um, we're still archiving materials, so if you'd like to send anything, you can send it to us and it'll go to Harris Manchester College. Um, and finally, as well, we're still looking for congregations who'd like to host the in-person exhibition. Um, so please do get in touch um, and we're just organising the logistics of that now. And we hope that um, in that way, all of our congregations can become part of um, part of the story and, and to really celebrate what we've done so far and also what we still have to do and the work that still needs to be done to become a truly inclusive community. So thanks to Lizzie and Rory for telling us about this project that I've put such a lot of work into over the last couple of years. As they said, you can explore that timeline yourself on the GA website. Um, there's a link. I've typed it in the order of service. Uh, if you're online, it's in the uh, text of the service as well. I'm hoping that we might be able to host that in person, the exhibition further down the line and make a bit of an event of it. Let's see. For now, though, let's sing our final hymn. Um, it's number 130 in your purple book, and the words will be up on screen. As is a town for everyone. Just a few announcements now. Uh, thanks to Ramona for tech hosting, to Charlotte for co-hosting, to Anthony and Brian for our readings. Um, thanks, of course, to Lizzie and Rory for telling us about the project. Thanks to Abby and Peter for our lovely music. Thanks to Juliet for greeting and Liz, who's just gone to put the kettle on. Um, greeting. Greeting. <laughs> 
Um, there will be refreshments in the room next door, including today, Bakewell Tart, made by special request of Hannah, because it's her birthday weekend. Um, pick yourself up a slice and come and sit out in the garden, perhaps. I haven't, I haven't baked it before, so cake feedback is welcome. If you're online, I'm afraid you'll have to bring your own snacks, but you might want to hang around with a, for a chat with Charlotte afterwards. We've got various small group activities going on during the week for you to meet up. There are still spaces if you want to join us for Heart and Soul tonight, our contemplative spiritual gathering, or Friday at 7 o'clock. This week's theme is Solitude. Uh, the in-person poetry group is happening this Wednesday, I believe. Have a word with Brian if you want to come along to that and let him know your choices ahead of time. Heidi's cultural outing to the Tate Britain to, to view the Turners will take place on the 12th, Wednesday the 12th of July, meeting at noon at the, at the gallery. Call Heidi for details. And next Sunday, Sarah will be leading our service on William Byrd, uh, an early composer of church music, to mark the 400th anniversary of his death. A couple of save the dates to remind you about next month. No, this month now. It's July already, isn't it? This month, we're going to have a special celebratory service and lunch on the 23rd, um, belatedly thanking Sarah for her many years of service as our minister and also Harold for his five decades of contribution to our church music. That's going to... Um, if you can let Patricia know if you're going to come along to that, we can organise the catering for the lunch we're having afterwards. And looking much further ahead, can you put 14th of October, that's a Saturday, in your diary for our induction service, marking the formal start of the new ministry? Details of all the various activities are on the back of your order of service and also in the Friday email. We very much have a life beyond Sunday mornings, so we encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other, and do what you can to nurture supportive connections. Just time for our closing words and closing music now. And these closing words are responsive if you'd like to join in. The response is, may we live the spirit of pride. With gratitude for the freedom to be our true authentic selves, may we live the spirit of pride. With the courage that comes from challenging fear, may we live the spirit of pride. With sorrow for those who are not here with us, May we live the spirit of pride. Looking ahead to the justice still withheld, may we live the spirit of pride. With the confidence that a sense of community banishes isolation and loneliness, may we live the spirit of pride. With a renewed sense of solidarity across our differences, celebrating diversity with one voice, may we live the spirit of pride. With the rainbow flag flying high, a sense of beloved community among us, and the joy that comes from making connections, may we live the spirit of pride, and may it be so for the greater good of all. Amen. <laughs>